Increments is a show for technologists about leveraging the in-between moments. Those moments when you come up for air and take a beat. Last time we talked about growth, and for this episode, I wanted to bring on someone that is very intentional about how they take on problems and Last time we talked about growth, and for this episode, I wanted to bring on someone that I've had the pleasure of working with, and I actually interviewed him for his first coding job many, many years ago, and he landed that job. Um, he's someone that, as I got to uh, know over the years, I realized just how intentional he is about thinking through a lot of the problems that we face, especially in your first year as a coder. Um, he's someone who transitioned from one industry and one career path into a coding role, and I think uh, as you hear him sort of talk about a lot of those challenges, you'll realize just why I love talking to him so much. So hopefully you enjoy this. Uh, do you remember that very first year when you officially were labeled a coder? Um, and I'll set some context for it because um, I remember when you and I first, you know, met, even though we didn't quite really meet, um, you know, you were wanting to break into getting into software engineering um, you got a technical assessment from us. You did fairly well, but it didn't quite uh, get over the mark. And then a year later, you took another stab at it and you just destroyed it, um, passed with flying colors. And so I want to start there with just kind of getting your thoughts on, you know, being that person who's made that career change. Um, so why don't we, before talking about that career change, start with where, where you were and what you were doing at that point in your career, what caused you to want to make that change. Um, and then talk about like that first year where, uh, what, what kind of doubts and challenges you had and whether you think you'd actually make it. Sure. So, uh, yeah, as you can possibly see, I have a history in music and, I actually was a musician. I was doing theme parks and cruise ships and stuff. Um, I won't ramble on that too much, but uh, there there was a point in time where I was wearing a funny costume and I was I was wearing a little uh, fedora hat and I was sitting behind behind the drum set and I was reading books and I was like, you know what, I want to get into IT. So that was that was like the moment for me. But then you know, fast forward a few years later, you and I talked for the first time probably four or five years after that point. So when we talked and when I was taking the challenge, I was working at Dell. Uh, I was doing a contract for the army and I was doing IT. So but, uh, years later, when we had talked, I had been studying programming languages and I had been, um, you know, interviewing a lot, I think. Uh, and when I got the challenge from you guys, that was like the best for me because it was like, look, if you can do the challenge, then not only do I think maybe I'm worthy of the job, but also it kind of proves to you, you don't have to like judge me on a five minute conversation, but you know, so anyway, so that's where I was and that's what I was doing. I was working in IT and uh, God, the first year, I do remember the first year. Um, I, I, so when we were thinking, when I was thinking about this interview, uh, I came up with the metaphor of having a child, having a kid for the first time. And I'm going to run with that metaphor probably a little bit during this uh, conversation. It was, you know, my first year on the job. It was a lot like, you know, the first year of having a kid. Like you'll always remember it. You're way in over your head. You kind of just dive into something and you just have faith that you're going to figure it out. And, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that as long as you're like a, a reasonably intelligent person, as long as you give a crap and actually legitimately try you really can't go wrong. Yeah. So, 
That's no, I, I like that. I like that. I mean, the analogy definitely works. And I, I, I was chuckling to myself because I just like the, the imagery of, you know, someone, a band guy on stage, you know, rocking out and just like losing himself thinking I should, I should code. <laughs> it's not. Well, uh, it was the result of like a whole gig. Cause I had been doing some cool gigs and then I was doing one gig that wasn't my favorite and I was sitting there in costume. And to me, that's like such a surreal, like, moment i'm sitting there in the little fedora and in the beach outfit just sweating and i'm like i should do something else yeah yeah <laughs> okay so so i'm gonna i'm gonna i like your analogy and i'm gonna run with it so okay cool having gone through you know first child both of mm-hmm. us um mm-hmm. i'm sure you loved and appreciated every single time someone gave you parental advice <laughs> um but what was like what was you know obviously i knew know the advice that you got from in within like our team, but what about just in general, when you were trying to figure out your way through, I mean, like how, what were, how did you, I don't want to use the word cope because I think that's too strong a word, but I mean, how did you really keep yourself from getting overwhelmed and feel like progress was happening? Um, I, I failed miserably. I mean, I, I did not keep myself from getting overwhelmed. I was completely overwhelmed. Um, but I know I got some good advice in terms of like breaking down problems in terms of like tackling things, you know, a little bit at a time, uh, organizing my thoughts a certain way. I don't remember any specific advice. I, I know I spent a lot of time with, you know, you and you're just talking me through problems. I spent a lot of time with Dan and, you know, Sal and Igor and everybody. Um, I don't remember specific advice, but I do I do think, you know, kind of tackling things in in a bit of a more agile sense Mm -hmm. would have been helpful at that time. Like, you know, set setting like little mile markers, like, you know, can you do this? Okay, cool. Can you do this? Instead of being overwhelmed by the enormity of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, that makes me think of a different question. And so it's, it's kind of a cliched question, but, but given what you just said about agile, like if you were, if there was a piece that knowing everything that you know now, if you can go back and just sort of say, I wish, I wish I was either aware of this or someone had taught me this. You could, you could even point to me and say like, this is something that you didn't bring up and would have helped me out. Right. Like in terms of process methodologies, you know, at something that stemmed outside of the realm of code, like, is there anything there that was, you know, you just, as you kind of figured out the more structured processes, you realize that, Oh, that, that would have helped me out sooner. No, I mean, when we were, I I can think about the way we did things and I, you know, would say it would have been a lot easier to do things this way or that way, but ultimately it was a startup and it was um, kind of chaotic in some ways, you know, Um, and it was just, you know, learning to do it any way you can. I I don't really think I have a good answer to that one. Sure. No, I I get that. And I think that that's why I wanted to start with you is because I think your I wanted to focus around your ability to adapt and that's why these these questions are kind of the way they are because I think in a startup obviously you have to adapt and you can't really predict about how you need to adapt because it changes so quickly um but I think I don't think it was I don't think it was really about adapting I think it was more about just keeping going just keep going you know yeah yeah yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that that was a, a huge sense of resilience. And that, I mean, 
you I'd call it adapting, but whatever you call it, I think it's the same kind of trait where it was one thing for me to be doing it, having had a history of doing it. It was another to, you know, make that change that you made and then all of a sudden be immersed in it. Right. And, and so I think that, that that's what drives that. That's what makes the whole question really interesting to me. Um, I mean, I, I put myself in a situation where I knew it was going to be extremely difficult and I just, you know, I was just intending on staying there until someone politely asked me to leave or <laughs> until I was good, you know, I was able to do my job. And, you know, like having a child, there was a lot of like mental breakdowns. Yeah. But if you're just going to stay there, no matter what, you know, you just keep going you just keep doing it. And, um, you know, you've got a lot, a lot of little moments where it was like, that little, it's kind of like golf. You've got those little moments where you take a shot and it's just one perfect moment. It's like <laughs> so worth it, you know? And yeah. it's like all the bad shots just disappear for that one moment and you just love it. And, and some of the conversations with you that I remember the most are about um, nothing related to what we were doing at all. I, I remember you talking about certain algorithms that you were just, you just found fascinating and really interesting. and. To me, you know, maybe the passion and maybe the uh, the interest was something that kept me going too. Mm. Not even for what we were doing that day, but just for, you know, discovery and for working things out and for finding yeah. solutions. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I like that. I, I also, you got me thinking of the imagery of, with the parent, uh, parenting analogy of like the child just gradually politely asking you, you know, just, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> this is not working this out. This is not working out. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, if they could, they maybe would have at some point, but no. <laughs> this is not for you. <laughs> um, okay, so 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 let's that's that's an interesting opportunity to pivot to like when was maybe there wasn't one specific moment, but like what triggered or what helped you to start feel that confidence, that sense of okay, I was underwater, but now my head is coming above, and I'm I'm this can work. Like I can see a future doing this and I am less worried about someone asking me politely to leave. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember, I'll always remember the name of the first client that I started making money for. I'll always remember that first script, you know, that, that ran and that it was like, Oh my God, I'm contributing. <laughs> I'm a part of the team here, you know? And that was, that was a huge moment for me. Um, and then, you know, there were lots of other ways where I found like I was a big part of the team, not even like just with the coding or just with, uh, you know, being really great with the, with, the, um, with the solution, with the code that we were working with. But there were moments where I felt like I was facilitating conversation. I was facilitating, uh, you know, a kind of a camaraderie within the group. And I particularly loved uh, the conferences and, you know, just other things that come along with it. And I think um, there's going to be room for all kinds of different strengths. If you're joining a team and if you're, if you've got a certain set of skills, the team is going to kind of grow and accommodate and learn to take advantage of who you are. So there were a lot of other moments aside from the code where I realized, you know what, I think I'm helping in these ways too. And like um, just starting to feel, and then, next thing you know, you've got people asking you questions and you're training people. And it's like, Oh my God, like, I think I'm, I think I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 
we were talking about being being part of a startup and so you know obviously with those demands just changing or fluctuating or some days there were there were a few quieter days but generally there was you know pretty high demands you know i i obviously like loved everything that you did and we obviously had a relationship that i think extended beyond the workplace but i mean eventually i think it was if i'm remembering correctly i think it was about six months before you eventually did move on that you started expressing a desire to and is that right about six months or was it longer um shorter no it's probably about right yeah the whole time i was there i was like <laughs> done. <laughs> that's what you're wanting to hear right <laughs> yeah um yeah the truth is out no but but I, but i think the thing was that you know i i was it's it's interesting because i think you know every time i've been fairly successful in a in a management relationship with someone Mm -hmm. um, that it's always transcended just the, the like business relationship, the professional Mm -hmm. relationship. And there was a little bit more of a personal relationship there that, uh, you know, part of me didn't want you to go because the management side of me wanted to get as much out of you as possible. But part of me also knew that it would probably be the best thing for you from a growth perspective, because you, you'd basically at that point seen it all and done it all. And there wouldn't be too much to change it for you. Um, but I'm curious, like, that was my angle for it. And that's why I was largely supportive of it and, and having you move at your pace that felt comfortable. But what other than like, cause, cause the thing I want to get at is not necessarily like the external factors of, oh, they just ran out of work for me. Right. That's, that's a part of it for sure. But I think there's something internal there every single time you get to that point where some people will be good with external factors, but when that internal switch flips, all of a sudden it changes, right? Where they could have been doing the exact same thing over and over and over and be totally content, but then one day they're not. And that's the thing that I want to kind of, you know, we never, we never really kind of covered that with you. Like what was the thing that you made that made you go, you know, this is as much as, you know, I've got great relationships here, really great friendships. uh, You know, what was the thing that said there's from a purely professional perspective, the thing that I need is not here for me anymore. Well, I, I will say from the very beginning, I mean, even so far as back when we were in our very first office that I, that I joined at, I remember hearing stories from some of the more the grizzled people on the team, like, you know, who had, who had been through it in all kinds of different environments. And I remember, you know, hearing the stories and just being like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, you know, these are the kinds of experiences that built them to the point where they could go off and start something of their own or be a whatever, a complete person or something like, uh, Igor, um, who was, you know, one of, one of my bosses there, um, was just afraid of nothing, you know, getting to that point where you're just like, I've seen it all. I'm not afraid of anything. I can do anything like, and there were a number of people, you know, on management team, you know, yourself included that I felt that way about like nothing will ever intimidate these people ever again. And a lot of it is because of where, they had been. And that was kind of what I had always seen as like a seniority was mm-hmm. like experience. And like from the beginning, even when I knew that there was so much more for me to learn and do at HPA at our company, um, I knew that there was a lot of other experience aside from just what was at the startup. Yeah. Um, and so that was part of it, you know, when it came time and when I felt like I was starting to 
not that it was easy, but that there was a lot of um, other room for growth that wasn't there. Yeah. I knew that there was so much more outside of just one company. And um, uh, the moment was, I mean, when I felt like I had succeeded there and when I felt like I was starting to see that there were other things that I wanted to do development wise, like, you know, types of projects that we weren't really working on. And I felt like it was mm -hmm. a big part of the industry, you know, web-based things largely. Um, I kind of wanted to, uh, I wanted to see more stuff technically, but also I just knew, you know, it, a lot of it is the, how good that place was. People talked so well about where we were and they talked so poorly about the places that they had been. And I was like, you know what? I, this is like too cushy or something, or I'm never going to be as uh, successful as them if I'm just in this great startup and, you know, playing ping pong all day long or whatever. Um, you know, I got to go someplace where they, I got to make sure that I can live up to other sets of expectations. That's really interesting. So it wasn't like a moment. It was. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I, I totally get where that's coming from. And, and what's interesting is hearing you talk about that is the fact that like, I, I think it wouldn't come as any surprise that there were speaking just about myself, that my confidence was within a certain area. Whereas I think you also saw the ways in which as a manager, I, there was probably less confidence, but I was growing in that area. And you kind of probably witnessed some of the trials and tribulations of someone who's making that transition and, and trying to figure out what works and finding their own way of, mm -hmm you know, enabling people and giving them the space to be successful, not being a jerk, when, you know, about when things are behind. Um, I probably slipped up a couple of times there, maybe I'm sure. But, you know, I think, I think that's interesting because you're, I'm hearing that your perception of it was confidence. And so my, my ask is like, were you aware of just how, uh, what the lack of confidence I had in a lot of other areas? Because if it came down to solving a problem, I could probably dig in and, and do that. Mm -hmm. But if it was direction or helping you grow, you know, I was, I was basically, uh, you weren't the first person I managed, but you weren't, you know, by today's day, I don't like, mm -hmm. I, I hate to be like, oh, I can't remember what count, what number it is at this point, but it's well over, you know, 30 people, let's say. So, yeah, yeah. so it's, you know, you were like in the, first five and so yeah. you were seeing me figure out a lot of stuff did you get a sense of that because it was definitely there for me well when you and I talked it was not about management and management techniques and stuff it was about development so I primarily saw you I looked up to you as a developer and you know I wasn't trying to absorb management styles I wasn't sure. trying to uh, judge your management styles uh, you know, as a startup, we were trying a lot of different things like revamping the meetings and lots yeah. of, you know, we were always changing things constantly. And I thought of that as a, um, you know, it may have been you trying different things as a manager, but it was also um, just growing pains because of, you know, we, the rapid growth, but and it was also just the team trying to figure out what worked. So I didn't think of that as like you. And I also wasn't judging you as a manager, really, I, everyone to me was a, uh, a coder or, yeah. you know, somebody that was intimidating to me technology wise. But I will say there's a there's a large part of this, which I was trying to conquer 
when I left, it's like, I really wanted to get over this thing, which we, I learned was imposter syndrome. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like maybe, I don't, I don't know if that's what you classify your, uh, your struggles as in management, is that some sort of imposter syndrome? But one thing I wanted was just to get over that so desperately, I, I needed to prove something to myself that I could do other things and not just work in that uh, cushy startup environment, but also um, other things so that I could get rid of that imposter syndrome. And it really, I just had to learn to live with it more than conquer it because yeah. it, it's still there. Yeah. You know? Well, no, I, I, I mean, I think, I think that could be like a whole other discussion on the imposter. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts and, and kind of things that I've found have helped me. Um, but I think that it's a natural thing to want to overcome it, but I think you, you put it really well. Um, so that, that gets me to, uh, you know, if I were to describe you as an introvert, I don't think you're an introvert in this way that like the typical image of an introvert comes to mind. I don't think you have any social anxiety. I don't think you have um, any kind of reluctance to be a part of a group. I think, in, in fact, when you're in a group, you're very confident with yourself, but you have this preference to have your space and not proactively kind of seek those relationships, or not seek relationships, but seek kind of this, um, the spotlight. So, mm -hmm. so that being said, you know, when I talk about myself, when I think about my own areas of growth, you know, it's very easy for me to feel as, as extroverted as I am and as quick to go out and seek resources and seek connections and, and try to proactively kind of get those kind of discussions rolling um, in terms of myself. You know, I, I'm curious because it still made me feel like I'm out on an island on my own. And I'm wondering, like, for you, given, given your personality and given like what, um, how you sort of manage that like what, what has been the thing that's worked for you? Like how, how have you managed to live on that Island? And do you actually crave it? Is it something that you actually prefer? Is that where you do your growing or is it more that you're suffering in silence? Like what, what are those things that, that are the negative aspects of being ambitious, being driven towards growth, but also having that lingering questioning around that whole imposter syndrome. Yeah. Well, in terms of being an introvert, I definitely am an introvert. Um, it's, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm, if I'm out there at the conference talking to a hundred people at the end of the day, I just want to go home because it's exhausting. But, um, and I think that's the definition of an introvert, but I, I never thought of myself as alone. Like, you know, like anybody, I like to put on headphones and just zone in when I'm really concentrating, but I definitely worked best with smaller groups and one-on-one -on -one relationships. So like uh, a relationship, you know, where I was working directly with you was very uh, informative and rewarding. And then I spent probably most of my time with Dan, um, you know, uh, kind of a mentor there because uh, he was more hands-on keyboard and he wasn't also trying to manage at least in those early years. Um, so I just zoned into that one-on-one -on -one relationship because that's where I was the most comfortable. And that's what I uh, milked. And I found that when I started going other places, cause I went someplace else and I instantly started trying, like I really tried to bond with one person and I was able to get like kind of that 
teacher relationship a little bit with one other person. And I think I recognize that that's how I um, absorb information the best. And that's how I work with groups best is through one person, one representative or one teammate at a time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, just to clarify when I'm talking about an introvert, I'm not saying that all introverts are like these neurotic social anxiety type of things. It's more just that yeah. idea of this, the idea of having to be involved in a group is more driven with, or, or they want to, avoidance of that is basically what I was trying to get yeah, at. Yeah. So, um, but, but I've never seen that kind of avoidance out of you. There's like more that given that situation, you approach it with confidence, but you have a strong preference to not. <laughs> well, you know, somebody who um, was programming their whole life and then, um, you know, had a really strong technology background, they're likely to uh, walk in with maybe more confidence technology wise. But, you know, due to the fact that I had different experiences and I, I wasn't um, that person, I came in with other experiences. I mean, I was literally singing and dancing and performing. So, you know, that kind of stuff bothered me less. Don't don't look behind the curtain. None of this is happening. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's if we're translating this into advice for people or for listeners, I would say if you come from someplace non-technology or if you're getting started in this kind of thing, you can use the other things that you've learned or everything that you've done will become a part of your strengths if uh, you know if you let it. Yeah. No, those are wise words. Very wise words. It's, yes. it's funny because my perspective is completely different because I didn't have it. I didn't make a significant change in mm -hmm. my career. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting to hear that. Well, you may um, not have had the confidence issues that I had, but maybe it was harder for you to switch into management. Whereas for me, you know, if and when I get to that point, that will be easier for me. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, I'll, I'll be interested to hear what your thoughts are when that happens. <laughs> I think you'd be a great one. So but it's, it's more about whether you have the desire to. Um, so, okay. So, so the, the interesting question to me on just like purely personal level is like, it's been what? So, so almost, almost 10 years since we met um, a little bit, little, it's 20, what? 13 ish, I think. Um, what? But yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> crazy isn't it and then uh, I think about okay. half that time is uh, like you had moved on maybe maybe a little less than half that oh, time. Okay, yeah. about four or five years right yeah yeah it's been um been probably five five or six years five years yeah yeah so maybe close, maybe more than half mm -hmm. okay so so the the question for me is you know when from you moving on to where you are today like the the thing that pushed you to go have have you found or have you achieved those goals and what are the things that are coming next like what is the if whether and it might not be right now but the next kind of set of hurdles that you're going to tackle what are those look what do those look like uh yeah i do feel like i i um have learned the things that i was looking for um functioning in a different environment, whether you're coming from a big company, going to a small company or vice versa, which is what I did. Um, it, there's a lot that you have to learn, you know, it, you know, in the same way that, um, you know, a small change takes a long time in the big environment versus the little environment, you can do it quickly. Um, 
you kind of handle interpersonal issues much differently um, in the small environment versus the big environment. Uh, there are different expectations technology-wise in the big environment versus the small environment. So uh, what I wanted to accomplish is I, I just wanted to kind of prove myself to myself. And I also wanted to uh, kind of understand that technology worked within the industry, you know, so to speak. And I feel pretty confident having come from a startup to, to working at Wells Fargo, where I am now, that I've kind of run the gamut a little bit in terms of small to big from 11 people to 350,000 people, or, <laughs> you know, yeah. somewhere along those lines. So, so yes, um, I do feel like I have kind of just set up, have, I've accomplished what I set out to prove to myself or what I wanted to learn. Um, not too surprisingly though, I, I found myself wanting to get back to that kind of family atmosphere a little bit too. And uh, it's almost like, I wish in some ways that I could have like, I could have had like a technology rumspringer to like go and be at Wells Fargo and being like, okay, I've seen the world. Can I come back home now, please? <laughs> yeah. So, well, okay. So that, that, that leads me to an interesting question for you, which I didn't think of before, which is knowing what you know about large corporations and how, how one kind of is within there versus what you saw with that 11 person team. Let's imagine the alternate universe where you go into that first massive organization, like knowing what you know, what would be your, like, would you be in the same spot? Do you feel like you'd have a different set of challenges? And I'm not, I'm, this is not necessarily a startup versus a big company kind of question. It's more just about like the support mechanisms. Cause I think they exist in both places, but I think it's just in terms of exposure and in terms of uh, call it, polish and finesse i think you probably get a little bit more out of that from a big organization but the question of how much of a personal relationship do you form is probably still might change i don't know oh yeah yeah 100 percent um uh, not just because you know you're not so close to people like you know working and fighting and working and working with the same people shoulder to shoulder but also because you know the teams are constantly changing and but you know also a majority of my time at Wells Fargo has been during this pandemic. So, yeah. um, you know, this right here is my office environment, kids and dogs and all, but, uh, you know, as with everybody, um, the difference would have been probably that, uh, so going from the little company to the big company, you know, I came in there just totally feeling small and like, you know, looking at the big buildings, you know, like the little, little farm kid going to the big city for the first time. Uh, and I would be worried that if I had come from the big company to the small company, that I'd be walking in there like all tall and macho and being like, mm. uh, let's see what these guys are doing. Yeah, they probably don't know anything. But um, which one is harder? Definitely the smaller group. Which one is, um, you know, it, it just relies more on you as an individual to mm. carry weight uh, in a smaller group. So um, it, there's a little, there's more reward, but there's also more work in the smaller group, as you know. But um, yeah, I think, um, maybe I wouldn't have had the issue with confidence that I had at the time, but I maybe would have been probably surprised by maybe the pace or the difficulty of things. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Well, dude, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> Good. It might be our first conversation where I did more of the listening and you did more of the talking. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that conversation and got a sense for why I like talking to David so much. And that's been the first interview I've ever done, so hopefully you think it went well too. Um, But one of the takeaways that kind of came out of that conversation that was a surprise for me was hearing him talk about how he aspired to have that confidence and fearlessness against any issue. Um, when he mentioned my name as being part of those uh, that group of people that he was watching, I, I didn't expect that. And I think it's you know interesting that he's thought that because maybe that's something that I portrayed outwardly, but internally I've always had a ton of doubt and lack of confidence, um, which is why it's really an interesting challenge for me to be doing this. Um, but hearing him talk about that, it, it made it for a good segue into what I hope we can talk about next, which is about fears. And so what I want to do is tee up the next uh, episode with two questions, um, and you can head on to increments.dev to answer these. The first question is, again, not going to put parameters around it, just in terms of fears, what is something uh, that you are afraid of when it comes to you know your job, your technical role, the code that you write? What is a fear that you have? And then secondly, anytime that you face a fear, whether it is, again, related to your professional job or something completely irrelevant to technology, what was something that you did that helped you build the confidence and maybe have less fear or be fearless? Um, so that's it for me. I hope we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot. For more content and more info, check out www.increments.dev. There you'll find questionnaires so that you can help drive the content behind the next episode.